my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Wellness lovers, I have curated a set to make checking off all your New Year's goals a little more luxurious. Our super limited edition gold set just launched, and I made sure to fill it with coveted brands across categories like fitness, nutrition, and self-care, all for 60% off the retail value. So if you want to level up with beloved products, some of my personal favorites by Pevolve, Olaplex, Intelligence of Nature, and more for a better, brighter you in 2024, head to curator.com. That's C-U-R-A-T-E-U-R.com now. Be one of the first to order and I'll add on a free gift. Hi everyone, I'm Rachel Zoe and you're listening to Climbing in Heels. This show is all about celebrating the most extraordinary superwomen who will be sharing their incredible journeys to the top all while staying glamorous. This week, I'm so excited to chat with the wonderful and inspiring founder of Chroma Wellness, Lisa Audenweller. Lisa has a long-standing passion for health and nutrition, which originated with her superfood cafes, Beaming, you probably know them. Her new venture in Chroma is reaching and helping even more people to improve what they're putting into their bodies. They've truly figured out how to make healthy taste amazing, and her story as a single working mom is probably one of the best examples of hard work and being willing to pivot. I'm very happy to have you on. So I only know a little bit about your story and I think it's really, it's such a great story and I want to hear more and I want you to share a bit with my listeners because the thing that I get the most often is, and in fact this morning I was doing an interview with a woman who is 57, very accomplished, and she has decided that after years of being in like biotech and finance and all this stuff, she wants to live out her dream of being a stylist. And I'm like, wow, okay, let's talk about that. And so I love to hear the stories because there's so much grit. There are so many challenges. There's so much fear. I think for every woman 
that wants to be a CEO, there's 10 that don't because of the fear involved and the triumphs and the wins and the losses and failures and all the things. But I want to hear a little bit first, like how your story began. Like, where did you come? Like, where did you grow up? Like, who were you? What did you want to do? What were the dreams? And, and is what you're doing now anything closer? Did your path just come? <laughs> yeah. You know, I always love that question because I think any of us that like as creators, like when we look back, there were pebbles along the way that led us to where we ended up. Mm-hmm. Right. And some, and sometimes the pebbles, you know, had a little nod. Sometimes they were like hit over the head. And in one moment you're like, oh, that's, that's it. And sometimes, sometimes they were thrown at you. <laughs> thrown at you and you had, yeah, you had no choice. And, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things that happen along the way, but there's something usually there's catalysts on the way. And if I think back to my childhood and growing up in a really healthy family where we were, we had no junk food, my parents oh, healthy, food. literally, not just like a loving family in like the healthy yeah, family, but like literally like healthy. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Colorado Springs. Got it. My okay. dad, my stepdad, my grandfather were all in the Air Force. Got it. And so very wholesome, mm-hmm. but also just really, really healthy before healthy was a thing. Right. You know, because I'm, you know, you mentioned age earlier, I'm yeah. about to turn 53. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is way back before it was any cool of- to be healthy which was cool. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was the day of Twinkies and ding dongs and, you know, fruit loops, which are still I around. Know. Well, I pull, I, my kids, it's like that. It's like their eyes light up. Like my friend mom was eating apple jacks and I'm like, you're not <laughs> still around. Oh my God. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. They really are. Frosted flakes and the whole thing. We didn't have them at my house. So we were like sort of the lame family uh-huh. because and so if you wanted junk food, you had to go to a friend's house. Totally. Same. But, and then, but my parents exercised every day. And then I always love to share like my grandfather who, who passed at 95, but he was, he was so vibrant and so strong. And so I grew up watching not only my parents, but my grandparents exercising every day. Mm-hmm. My grandfather up until the age of 90 was doing a thousand pushups and sit-ups a day. It's crazy. Wow. I mean. And he used to joke that he was going to, you know, he, he moved into a kind of older person's home and he said, you know, I'm probably going to be, I'm probably going to die in the stairwell because I'm the only person that actually takes the stairs and no one's going to find me. (laughs) And so it was, it was just sort of ingrained in me from the beginning to make health a priority. Interesting. Because you could have gone the other way. Like very often you're, you know, my sister and I, my, my family, my, they wouldn't let us, they had some junk, but very little, definitely the least of all of our friends. So when I slept at a friend's house, it was like the floodgates opened. It was like every sugar cereal, every Twinkie, as you said, the whole thing, because I couldn't have it. So it's amazing that it actually like made you want, it inspired you to stay that way. So funny that you say that. So yes, there's a rebellious aspect to it that my uh, 20 and 20 year old and 18 year old boys uh-huh. are rebellious to their very healthy mother. <laughs> so they come home and with, you know, and I'm like embarrassed to say this publicly, but they'll come home with their Chick-fil-A and of course. their McDonald's. Oh yeah. And, I'm like, oh, yeah. and you want to die. I know. I, I, I want to die. And I'm like, please don't let anyone see that you're doing that. And so there is a rebellious. Habit. You're, like, you're like sprinkling back. chroma on top of the McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> Although now because of TikTok, they're like, mom, I want to take ashwagandha. I want to take lion's mane. And I was like, <laughs> knew at some point this would work. Like at some point I would like still trade in. And now they're taking like colostrum and Amazing. like I'm, I'm them there because it's also becoming cool, of course. but you can't force it. So back no. to your point, yeah. for me, there was something underlying in why I think it was, it, it, I didn't go rebellious, which was as a little girl, I always had this sense of wanting to feel empowered with my health, which is sort of a funny thing to say as an adult, it is. why a girl yeah. did I, and it was, for me, it was a fear. It was, I didn't want to go to the doctor and get bad news. And that so it's a valid fear. <laughs> it was fear. And it, and I think, and we all to some extent have that fear, but, and I didn't understand what to do with it, but I knew I had this conscious idea of, I want to be healthy. I want to take care of my body, even since I was little. That's and amazing, only, by the way. Which is amazing. I think that was just DNA. I don't yeah. know what it was. Because it, it wasn't like we were having those conversations at home. Right. Outside of the lifestyle of it. Sure. So, but now it took me till I was 40 uh-huh. to actually 
wellness my my Perfect. life mission. Mm-hmm. And out, but so as a young girl, I wanted to be a movie star. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to be a veterinarian. You know. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So, what were like the like? Did you go to college? Like, what were you working since yeah. you were a teen? Like, what was the path to get to here? It, so <laughs> I told. <laughs> That I was very driven. Mm-hmm. You know, Imagine. And I, think I might still have the records for most push-ups and sit-ups and pull-ups at the, <laughs> at the grade school, the elementary school. <laughs> Ten years ago, I still had the record. So um, I think, you know, there was always this side of, um, you know, just being very driven. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents said that I never liked the word no. Mm-hmm. And so I would always Same. find a way to yes. Same. Right? So Same. Very entrepreneurial characteristics, <laughs> even yeah. if we didn't understand it at the time. No, um, definitely had no idea, but that's what my dad said. That's said. a powerful one too, because, yeah. you know, for me, no has always meant, let me find a different way. Same. Let me, let me figure out how to make this a yes. I can't really accept no. Yeah. Especially <laughs> if it's like, no, this isn't, this is supposed to be a yes. Like this is not a, this, this is, we're going to yes. get to a yes somehow, some way. Yes. Right. And I think that's, those are things that are just, there's certain certain ones of us that are literally born with that. Yes. And it's, and there's a, there's a skill in that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more than, you know, manipulation, but it's actually intention. Yes. It's like belief is so strong that you see something that maybe somebody else doesn't, and you've got to figure out a way to get everybody there. Yeah. It's the challenge. I think it's the challenge of like, I believe in this so heavily yeah. that I'm going to tell you why this is a yes, yes. you know, absolutely. <sighs> So, so then, you know, growing up in Colorado Springs, then um, I went to live with my dad in high school because he lived in Scottsdale and mm-hmm. I thought Scottsdale was a lot more happening than um, Colorado Springs and it, and it was. was. It? And okay. Very much so. Um, I, I've always been more of that like city girl, yeah. good food, like, mm-hmm. like I wanted, I wanted culture. Mm-hmm. culture. I liked, you know, and so that led me then in, uh, to end up going to school in Dallas at SMU for a year and a half. Got it. When it wasn't a popular thing to do for the West Coast folks. Now everyone from the West Coast goes there, but at I the know, time, really it was do. one people from the West Coast. I was a fish out of water. I I, I thought I wanted to just marry a Southern boy, mm-hmm. and that's why I went there. Was why I should go to school in the South. Right, <laughs> a cute Southern boy. And how did that and go? Not so well. Didn't end up happening. Okay. Although I still Southern boys with the accents, but <laughs> I I never went away. I just still haven't met him yet. But uh, <laughs> but. It was before my my like really driven. Like I was super driven in high school. I you know was it, like the prom queen. Like that all the things that were like very driven. Set and, you like, up for your future yeah, of who you're going to be. Uh, wanted to be a leader, and then I went through this period of I just want to go get married, which is was my SMU stage, mm-hmm. and that was sort of where I dipped out of this hard driving, like accomplished thing. And, and then I swung the other way and I left SMU after a year and a half. I did semester at sea, mm-hmm. which best experience of my life being on a boat around the world with 400 people my age. Wow. Then tra- and saw the world and got to see the world, the third world mm-hmm. view of lens because we weren't staying at the Four Seasons. Right. We were, like, like, right. were on a boat. The a real world. Right. Real world, and you're working in an orphanage in India, mm-hmm. or you're going on safari and being with this, with you know, in the Serengeti with the Maasai tribe, mm-hmm. or going to Japan and realizing you can't afford to stay in a hotel, so you have to rent. This is embarrassing to say, but we'd have to rent a love hotel mm-hmm. by the hour mm-hmm. to get six hours of sleep, mm-hmm. which is our only thing we could afford. Right. So by Not doing incredible. that, mm-hmm. so cool. Like looking and- back, you're probably like. That changed the trajectory of my life and who I was. It completely changed it, which is why I mention it, because it was the first time I really got to see the world mm-hmm. in from that lens and came to a point of like really wanting to make a difference in the world. And that was sort of one of those, you know, another one of those pebbles along the way. Yeah. So then I transferred to Boulder. And when I got to Boulder, it was all about now I'm so inspired. Now I'm going to go change the world. Mm-hmm. And when I got to Boulder and it's a really cool school. And yeah. I kind of missed is I was a junior by that point. So I sort of missed the moment of like party. Yeah. And now I was all like, how am I going to go create a career? Sure. And, and really make something of myself. And I remember my dad saying to me, um, in college, the day I graduate, you're on your own financially. Mm-hmm. And 
there's no more, terrifying. there's no more cars, gas, sure. health insurance. And I was horrified and terrified, but also one of the best gifts because it made me so driven mm-hmm. to make sure I could take care of myself. And so then um, I like, I taught a business class. I had multiple internships. I was, I, I put myself out there to do, to do what I was terrified of. And most of us are was to speak. And it's such an interesting, interesting thing for me to reflect on now because I would sign up to speak in front of 700 students, mm-hmm. mind you, I'm 21 years old. Right. And these, you know, major executives in this really cool class that they did at the University of Colorado. And I was so scared of doing it. I was so committed to figuring out how to become confident on stage. It's the most important skill. It's so important. And I think back to that now and how that has served me in my career um, because of having to break through, Mm -hmm. you know, that, um, that fear, being able to find a way to like find like just to even be able to hold space on a, on a stage or in front of a leader or a CEO or whatever that might be. And I yep. think that really has served me in my career. Now, funny and ironically, my first job out of college was with Nestle selling chili and cheese sauce and country <laughs> sauce gravy. <laughs> so, so, and the funny part is I thought I was going to be planning parties. I had no idea I was going to be driving a red van. <laughs> That filled with like cans of unhealthy food, trying to get like prisons, hospitals, schools, and Marie calendars to buy my food. I was horrified. I'm dead. It was. Yeah, so but like, as you said, pebble. It's a pebble. It was, it was a pebble. It's oh, a pebble. so here's the part. So I did, again, another pebble. So because I was so horrified that I was selling all this really unhealthy food, I decided that we had these products at Nestle that there were sauces. And I'm like, I'm going to create healthy food with these sauces. And I would stay up all night and I would create pasta salads and pasta sauces and salad dressings. And I created a cookbook. And then I went and presented that to the top salad bar chain in the country because I wanted to sell products that were healthy. And I created a whole cookbook to keep these products, to make these products, you know, sellable. Really? So. Again, funny thing along the way, because I still wasn't, hadn't been hit over the head yet. Like right. this is actually what we're going to go do. Sure. And it's funny too, like just to backtrack a little bit. In high school, I was the girl that was always making chocolate chip cookies for the football players, but I was making them healthy. And I, like, it's so weird. Like, how did that happen then? I was like using applesauce and prunes, these poor football players. But like, <laughs> so I was like making these healthy chocolate chip cookies mostly because I was eating all the batter. And so I needed to like have <laughs> You're like, I'm, you're like, I'm so hungry. You're, oh my I mean, God. Come on, cookie dough. Oh so I was God. like, I better make, figure out a way to make it healthier. And then I would make smoothies and like, like, and put a bunch of healthy stuff in it, which that was way before like smoothies were a thing. Right. I don't know. All these things were sort of just building. And then I always exercised my entire life. And if anyone ever wants to laugh, I don't even know if you've seen this. Um, you can go to my Instagram and see me jump roping because I was the state jump roping champ in Colorado in third and fourth grade. And I can still do all the tricks. So if you want to laugh your ass off, go see as an adult 52 year old woman. That is really impressive, by the way. Very funny. Um, three sixties with my arm under my leg. Actually. Oh no, no, this is real. This is not just like jumping rope. This is like when I busted this out and nobody knew that I could do this. I mean, people died. It was really funny. Because you don't expect I can do that. It's it's so impressive. It's so impressive. But you clearly have to do the like endorphin thing. Like you actually need that. You know, do you remember when you said to me, Oh, are you in New York? I have this amazing workout class. And I'm like, Yes, except I don't work out. That sounds so amazing. But like, do work out for me. You're like, huh? Like what? Because you were so funny. It just, I dream about it. I dream about having a, a, a regular cadence to it. It's another intention that I'm manifesting for 2024. That's my 2024. I'm going to try the manifesting thing. Manifest exercise. <laughs> I think I have to though. I have to manifest that I can get on this like regular schedule where I'm wanting and needing to exercise. I think can you I have manifest to find- that? No, no, I don't think it's, it's an intention. You have to find something that you really like doing. I mean, for me, I like yoga. I like yoga. 
Yeah. So if you like that, because you're not going to do something that you don't like. No. I mean, I'm Virgo. I mean, we don't do anything we don't like. Morning, I did the Peloton, <laughs> and it's not because I love it, but I love how I feel. Right. You're not going to do. No. So you have to do something that you that lights you up. I mean, for me, and the class that I invited you to mm-hmm. was going to Kristen Sadukas's class mm-hmm. at Forward School. My favorite thing in the world is to dance. And so I go to her class mm-hmm. and I can do it all day long. I mean, I think I have a, I, I have a dream of being a dancing with star someday. Like that's, I could just dance all day if I actually could dance all day. So it's not, that for me is an exercise that's play. And that's what you have to find is play. So I have a question. So along the way, guy, no guy, marriage, no marriage. Cause you have two children. I have three children. Three children. Uh, I think you had two boys. So you have three children. All boys? My daughter, who's 20, turning 26. Okay. Who um, works for Chroma and is Got like it. my best, best, best friend. And we have probably my favorite thing about Chroma outside of just the, the impact we've made mm-hmm. is, and I love what we do and the things I get to do, but getting to work with my daughter. That's is the dream. And she's been doing it. She's been working with me since she was 13. Uh. Well, we started our last wellness company, Beaming. Amazing. So it's been really cool. So I, yes, I was married for 13 years. Okay. Um, and I'll give you kind of the uncensored version. We, I was 25, 26, living in San Francisco. Okay. And he and I were, had been roommates. And then we just started to date. And we were new in dating. And we got pregnant. Um, and this was before Hollywood or anyone, you know, made it a cool thing mm-hmm. or even acceptable and to have children moment. before being married right yeah no, that was not that was right. it was very that was like almost it was not a good thing yeah and it was a it was a moment of truth and certainly a life-changing moment for both he and I his name's Mark um to make this decision that we're gonna do this mm-hmm. and um we were scared to death mm-hmm. we were babies we we're 26 mm-hmm. living in San Francisco no one was married let alone having babies mm-hmm. And we did it. And, you know, it sort of threw me into motherhood at a much younger age than mm-hmm. I ever imagined. Mm-hmm. You can say that if I was walking down the street and there was a stroller with a baby and a dog and a cat, I would pay a lot more attention to the dog and the cat sure. than, than the baby. Sure. I was never the baby that babysat. Sure. And so it wasn't like I was dreaming of babies and it just happened. This Listen, you're so- talking to someone who had, who, who did it as late as I possibly could, but yes. And that's what I thought my plan was going to sure. be. And then of course we laughed because, sure. you know. We make plans and God laughs. Yes. And God laughs. So that was, that was one of the moments. And um, there's a lot more behind that story, but he and I moved forward with that. Um, obviously the best thing that ever happened to me on so many levels was having my daughter and I think you can attest to this, like as a parent, there's nothing like becoming a parent to learn selflessness, to learn love on a level that you can't even imagine. It's inhuman. It's, I, it's it, not, it's not human. It's like, I don't even, it's indescribable. It's indescribable and forgiveness. Sure. You realize how hard parenting is. And I think everything uh, okay. goes out the window. I'm pretty sure that everything you ever thought about how to handle anything or how to be or how to like, you know, my schedule, my plan, my this, my that. It's like your love of your child so far exceeds any of that, that it all kind of just goes and you just start to navigate this just so differently. You're just kind of like driving. You're like, ah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're not perfect no. and you're making mistakes. No. And- and then you have forgiveness for your parents who maybe didn't yeah. show up yes. you. Yes. And you're like, oh, now I get it. Right. I yes. mean, there's nothing like parenting, you know, parenthood to, and I found a, a peace within me that I don't think I ever knew or mm-hmm. understood in becoming a mother. And certainly also, not again, at because- 26. I mean, at 26, you're like living for yourself and your career and like, what do I need? How do I survive? How much money am I making? Where am I living? Yeah. Oh my God. Ter- I mean, it's terrifying. My daughter's turning 26. And I was like, I, I was that age. Can like, you how? even imagine? It's wild. Oh. I look at my niece now as 23 and I realize my sister had her around that age, like maybe like 25. And I'm like at 25, I was like on the floor of my apartment crying. Like what's the next move of my life? How my money and you know, it's just like everything, everything is terrifying at 25. 
And then I guess it also goes to show in life, like we're pretty resilient. Yeah. We can, we, we will, we will show up for whatever shows up for of us. Course. Well, and as women, for sure. Like for women, especially. Yeah. I can't see my ex-husband. Right. So, <laughs> they they can they can peace out whenever they want. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't want to say all. I want to say gen- generally speaking. You know, well, especially if it's not like in this, in this particular case, neither one of us were mature enough to sure. really be in that place. I would like to say I probably had a lot more maturity than he did. Um, but it became you know one of our biggest teachers and my biggest teacher. And I think through the thirteen years of marriage, we did have two more kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we divorced amicably. Um, and, and, and I reflect, he actually just got married, um, to his second wife about a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I've always, for me, just, I'm very introspective. Mm-hmm. So through the divorce, I really spent a lot of time thinking about, you know, what, what was my role mm-hmm. in divorce? Cause we didn't, we didn't fight, which wasn't necessarily a good thing. Cause I right. think sometimes you need passion mm-hmm. and passion can be fighting, which mm-hmm. is communication. Mm-hmm. Part of our problem was we didn't have enough passion and communication. Mm-hmm. I think that's so, most people. I think that's and, the glitch in the system. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we and so we sort of were dead walking. And he's a re- he's a great guy in many ways. I don't think we were great together at the mm-hmm. time, but we were so young we didn't have the tools. Sure. So, um. So fast forward. You know, I was a single mom. Also terrifying. Uh, and which I I think back to. What I've done over the last 12 years since I've been single and starting two companies as a single mom, as a single woman, mm-hmm. and that, I don't, it's, it's, this has been a very reflective year for me. We were talking earlier about yeah. 2023. Yeah. This has been a very reflective, very um, healing, but also honoring mm-hmm. year for me. As I really stopped to think back to what it was like for me with three little kids, no money, and starting my last terrifying, one, terrifying. It's just terrifying, and you're alone, it's, and it's scary, and you're responsible for these little humans, and also responsible for yourself, and you have no one to like lean on in those fearful moments. You know, you have your friends, of course, and you know, family and whatever, but it's like you don't have a partner. There's no one to give you a hug at yeah. the end of the day yeah. and say, how was your day? Right. There's no one, there's no shoulder to cry on when you've had a bad day. Um, or when the kids have had a bad day. Kids have had a bad day because you've got to show up fully for them. And there's, and like, there's no one to have dinner, like no. pick up dinner. No. Like it's all on you. And I don't think I gave myself enough, um, just acknowledgement and respect for you how hard it was. You wouldn't mm-hmm. because, because in the moment, I can tell you, in the moment, it's survival, right? In the moment, you're like, this is my life. I live for my children. I'm working. I love my job, but my children, my children, my children, my children. And now I think you're, you know, you're an age and a point in your life and your children are grown where like, fuck, you're like, I, I've done that. Like, I've, hey, mm-hmm. like, look at these amazing humans and look what I've built. And I cannot, in, in looking back, probably be like, how did I do this? I don't think I realized I was doing this in the moment. But that goes to my earlier point that like women in general, and I think single moms, single working moms, just really, single moms in general, but single working moms is like, it's a it's- whole nother loaded it's a hard, you also job. carry guilt and I, I think as parents we carry and, and and women mothers yes. really carry a lot. but the amount of guilt i wrote, wrote about this on mother's day i think this past year and i was ta- thinking about all the as mothers we spend so much time my kids were all leaving so it's like it was about to become an empty nester and i went through this whole spin cycle of all the moments i missed mm-hmm. because i had these very fast growing companies which is wonderful and yeah. exciting with that came all the sacrifice of, of the football game I missed, the soccer game I missed, the the play that I missed, the moment that I didn't get on the floor and mm-hmm. play Legos, I wanted to play Legos. And I went through this period of time where I was in so much in anxiousness around guilt. this guilt. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, my God, it's a plague. Wait, it's, it is a plague. And I thought, what if I focus on all that I did do and how I've shown up? Sure. But Your kids women, don't care. Like, they're no. not like, mom, you missed my school play. Like, they're like, mom, you're freaking awesome. 
you're a fucking badass. Like, I guarantee you that your kids think that. I guarantee, I guarantee nice. you. <laughs> and and I can say that they, like my mom, my daughter, yes, because we're besties. But my boys, it wasn't until I read their, you know, essays mm-hmm. that they would come out and say how in awe they were of me or how proud they were of me or how much they've learned from me. And then you get that and you're like, okay, there's almost nothing better, right? Yeah, like to uh, know nothing. that- that, that, oh, okay, even though I missed some of these things, I, they still felt loved. Yep. They still, they saw how hard I was working for them. And maybe they couldn't communicate that to me verbally, but in their essays for school or college or whatever it was, that's where it would come out. Mm-hmm. And you know, those are those moments as a parent. Like, oh my God, I didn't fuck this up. Oh my God, I did something right. <laughs> oh my God. And, and there's something, else, just to add to this too, because this was something that I learned. And, and I think this is such an important thing as a parent. It's a little bit of a sidetrack, but one of the things that was really important to me with my kids, because we do fuck up yeah. and I would bring up to my kids and the parent would laugh at me. I was like, do you remember the time you asked me to play Legos and I didn't? And they're looking at me like, no. And I'm like, well, I'm really sorry. <laughs> you were like, you're like repenting. You were literally I, repenting. And I'd be like having a dinner. I'm like, okay guys, how do you think your childhood was? Like on a scale from one to ten. My point is, I've tried to create a space of open communication with my children so that they could come to me and say, you know, mom, at this time really, this really hurt me. Like, right. and that we could talk about it, and they knew that they was safe yeah. to do that. And so, what's that's also, what that's also cultivated with us is they tell me everything, yeah. even what I don't want to see or hear. Yeah, and sure. Drugs, sex, anything. Yeah, I, that's the best. That's what you everything. want what you want and that i i just i cherish that relationship with them yeah. um That's so dream it's you know and you know it, it i think part of it was just because of my own childhood and not feeling like i could talk to my parents different, about different generation we can tell our parents anything it is right? <laughs> I still can't. You still can't say like no. Oh, god no they- roger goes to like hold my hand or kiss me in front of my parents i'm like <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> my dad's here now it's it's That's just so generational funny. it's like a totally different so, thing our kids are our best friends now but it's are. but it's finding that line and I think to your point you know I I really do believe that the single mother thing not only helps to shape who you are but it really shapes who they are um and I think in particular your daughter um yeah. I think there's such, as we get older, I think this, and especially when you become a mother, you're like, how on God's given earth did, did my mom do that? How did my yeah. mom do that? Like, I think how hard I struggle between the balance and never wanting to leave my kids and never wanting to miss anything, whatever. And then I think about my sister, I'm like, how the hell did she do this? How did mm-hmm. she do this? Like, literally. And it's like even dumb things like lifting, you know, my hundred pound suitcases when I travel and like Roger will just come in and like, you know, even in moments where I want to like hit him with a frying pan because I'm mad at him, he'll still schlep my stuff. You know what I mean? And I'll be like, Pamela, who shoves your stuff? She's like, I schlep my stuff, you know, like, and, and I think, but I do think that makes you even better and more of a badass. And I think that's the thing. You're not reliant on people in that way. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. 
Ramps business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramps software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. But I am curious now, as you've started Chroma, like, so Chroma is how many years now? Three? We launched just over two years ago. Two years. Okay. So I guess two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. So still new. I mean, it was a good- a baby four plus years in the making, five years in the making. Cause when I, I left my last uh, wellness company beaming and I had uh, created left a beaming. group. Beaming was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. I, and it was, you know, the superfood cafes all over LA and San Diego. Yep. I grew it to amazing brand, amazing food. I mean, everyone loved it. Mm-hmm. I made some big entrepreneurial mistakes, including not As having the and some other, you know, not having a strong lawyer and other things that ultimately cost me the company which was a really devastating, especially because, you know, again, I'm a single mom. I've taken the little bit of money I had in divorce. I've put it all into Beaming, lost everything financially. Oh. And this is after, and, and Beaming And how old like, were your kids at this point? Well, so I opened the first Beaming, December 2012. And so they were, you know, seven, right. eight, something like this. 13, Pivotal. When, Pivotal years. And then when, when I was building Beaming and then when I lost it, I would say that was in 2017 or when I had to walk away. And that was, that was uh, tragic for me. Also because I was so passionate and we were changing so many lives mm-hmm. that I was like, no, 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 this, this has to continue. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you see the good that we're doing? But it was the best thing that ever happened to me, honestly, outside of having my kids, because it was incredibly humbling. Mm-hmm. I had to go through... I went to Hoffman. I went through all the deep soul searching of how did I get here? Mm-hmm. What's my role and accountability here? And how do I never end up here again? Yep. And it was my best teacher. And But so- in the moment, don't you just – I've had a moment like that and I will never forget it. it did, like now I'm like, wow, did it help me become who I am? And wow, did it open up 10 more sets of eyes and ears than I ever had? And it – you know, you realize that those giant mistakes are what – push you forward but in the moment it's the most catastrophic terrifying so I think and this is something that's just like again something goes back to my childhood and I don't know why I was programmed this way but I remember as a little girl in some different moments that were very painful and I had somehow the thought process at it as seven years old thinking, I don't know why this is happening. This really hurts, but somehow in here, there's, there's a, a gift. lesson. There's a gift. Yeah. I don't know why I had that wisdom at seven and it's just it's been so through the part, through going through what I went through with beaming and divorce and all the other moments in life that are very challenging. I have always, even though it sucks horribly, I've always had this view of, even if I don't understand why this is happening, I know that when I get on the other side, yeah. it's going to make sense. Yeah. And I know that when I get there, I am going to be a better person. There's better everything that waits for me on the other side. There's a learning in it. There's a learning in it. I try to tell people now, just after my experiences, sort of like, 
this is so bad right now. And I'm not going to tell you that it's not. And you have to accept and embrace and hold the bad. You just have to. Because if you don't, it's going to fester and it's going to come out later. But know that it's happening for a reason. And I believe that life makes decisions for you that you very often can't make for yourself. And well, I love <laughs> Like it's life isn't happening for you. It's happening. It's not happening to you. It's happening for you. Yes. And, and I think that being able, it, it also helps you when you're going through it yeah. to find the strength to get through it. Yeah. And there's not one time, and I don't think anybody w- would reflect on this, that d- can't look and just go, it, no matter how painful something was, there is a gift in it. Yes. Right. And we're willing to see it mm-hmm. and, and, and experience it for that. And I think that's been something that has been part of my you know, lifeline mm-hmm. through more difficult times. And again, like I said, it's been a teacher because it helped me become losing beaming also helped me become a better leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made me uh, more investable because I had done something really amazing, but also had learned a lot of lessons that as people came in and got behind me for Chroma, that, that actually became an asset. Mm-hmm. At first, I thought I was a loser, and I really, you know, second guessed everything about who I am. As and, we do, right? And and then you were like, "Oh, quote the failure was was actually kind of a huge asset." So. I also think like it's funny, and I go back to our G nine summit, but like when you listen to a lot of these women talk, and some of the people that I admire most, they've had countless failures. I right. mean, it was funny. I think this year it was Bobby Brown that's like. Oh, yeah. After I did Bobby Brown, I had like three other things that I started. Haven't heard of them because they failed. Or like, you know, you you know this one because this one's working. But like, it didn't just. <laughs> so I think it's, you know, everybody at the end of the day is human and no one is an overnight success. And that is why I created Climbing in Heels, because for this exact reason, everyone's path is hard. Some are harder than others, but everyone's is hard. And, and no one's is the same. And it's, and it's, it's part of, I mean, it becomes our secret sauce too. Yeah. Way, right. And I, as much as I wish beaming still existed in the way that we had created it, I got to recreate something with just more, I don't know if I can say more intention, but it, it's, I've expressed myself in a new way through Chroma that still allows me to touch lives, but to do it in a way that I think is just more, I don't know, more relatable, more me. More a lot of things. Well, Chroma is beautiful. And it's be- it's beautiful and it's genius and it's chic. And, and um, well, it's funny because I I add that because, you know, I think everything should be beautiful. And I think everything that, especially when it comes to doing things for, for your body and for your health, that I think presentation and the way things look make things more um, more attractive in a way. Like it's sort of like when, when, when Chroma arrives at your house, you're like, I know by looking at this, not only do I want it to like sit on my counter because it's pretty. So if you live in like a tiny apartment and you need space saving, it can sit on your counter because it's super pretty. The, the whole setup and the whole thing and the wheel and the, that, that sh- thing, the gold thing, the beautiful, <laughs> what do you call it? Or the whole thing. Yeah, the whole thing. But also it's delicious and 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 it's not perishable, which to me is such a huge thing. Because as someone who's all over the place <laughs> and my life is so unpredictable, and I never know from a Monday to a Wednesday what's happening, where I'm going, what I'm eating, what I'm doing. I just think the approach to Chroma and that sort of idea behind it, which I want you to speak about you know, is it's, it's fresh, it's chic, it's easy, which again, (laughs) you want the work done for you. Uh, (laughs) I don't want to think, I don't want to think about it. So I want to talk about Chroma. And I also want to say like, can't Chroma become beaming? Can't there be Chroma cafes? Can there be Chroma kiosks? Like, I might have one more in me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I think that in, I think there's a lot of possibilities and I think this is just the beginning for Chroma. And I want to just acknowledge some of the things that you said and, and starting with just the box and in the presentation of that. And for me, health is something that as a child, I wanted to feel empowered with my health and my 
creations both with beaming and chroma have been about empowering people with their health and doing it in a way that feels like it feels sexy and approachable mm-hmm. and beautiful and not scary want, and not scary. I want you to feel like I get to do this. Yes. Like this is a gift to myself mm-hmm. and that I want to, it's craveable. It's, um, it's approachable, all those things. And so when I started beaming 2012, the world was a very different, like era one wasn't era one, right? right? Like that, right. it was one era one, right? There wasn't I remember 12. Mm-hmm. So we've come a long way and there's, you know, the products and the options and the things that we have now is amazing. We still have a long way to go for people really understanding the power that we have over our health. And so for me, it's always been, how can I inspire people through food, help them understand how much power we have over our, food, our, over our health just by being more mindful of what we eat and drink but do it in a way that that feels like one it's got to be easy because yeah. we're all too busy we yeah. don't have time i don't have time so i had, i create products that i need for me yeah. right and i hope that everybody everybody else wants them too and um they've got to be portable it's got to fit this lifestyle that we live that's very fast paced i think we're all well intentioned but you know people aren't going to spend the time not only making the food or putting these concoctions that i do but we, we need it to be easy. And I don't, I think that health, I think it needs to taste amazing. So for me, function and flavor have to coexist. Yes. It's been a mantra for me since both creations. And that's what we've been known for is making healthy taste amazing and something that the whole family actually wants. Yep. And that's something that I think we do really, really well. And we'll continue to do, we've got all sorts of new products coming out and I can't wait to launch those and Someday there might even be at the Chroma Cafe. So very exciting. I could see it. I see it. I see you doing it. I see it. I think would this be I, a manifesting at this moment? <laughs> not you, not I today, think- but I'm saying that would be. I'm trying to do this manifesting for 2024. Yeah. Well, I I love I love yes, and I'm one of those people actually on the manifesting thing. I like I people are like, do you create vision boards? Like, how do you do it? I am one of those people that does exactly what we're doing right now. You put it out in the universe. You right. just say it. Universe. I don't want one that like writes it in a journal and no. creates a vision board. Someone told me yesterday I had to write it. I'm like, why? Why? No, but you, all you have to do is actually believe it can be. Right. Like, and believe it can be true. And I'll tell you, I freak the hell out of people out of things that, that will happen that I'll say something and then the next day, like that thing Same. happened. Same. It's for crazy. better or and for I, worse, by the way. So, and for, yeah, sometimes I say things and it's not the best thing. And then it happens. And Roger looks at me, he's like, you're literally a witch. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. Stop saying that. Stop putting in the universe. Let's not say the the negative things. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Don't say things that are weird. Like next year, I want to be a billionaire. Like I don't That's dumb. Sorry, but that's dumb. It's, it's more things that are like, even like this was true for when I was like raising money for, for Chroma. Mm-hmm. I, I, this is a great picture to put. It's 2020. Mm-hmm. I have not a dollar to my name because mm-hmm. I've lost beaming. I haven't rebuilt. I'm now trying to put a new company out to the, to the world. Three children. Cool. I literally have no money cool. and I've emptied my 401k. I'm trying to raise money at a time where people are trying to figure out how to get toilet paper and food. Right. <laughs> the world is in like just... Truth. Truth. And I am asking, trying to ask people for money. And through that period of time, I, what I had to do is I had to like really put my manifesting on. Mm -hmm. And I, what I envisioned was, what, what are the kind of people I want to surround myself with? And what I started with was what if I could raise money from a group of really amazing women Mm -hmm. who would, whether it's the celebrities or Mm -hmm. it's the powerful businesswoman yeah. that I, or the mom in the community, but they would be so excited about what we're doing that they would want to help me tell the world. Mm-hmm. And so the manifestation I did was started with that and mm-hmm. this idea that I could bring together a group of amazing people that would want to support me and the vision for Chroma. Then I got really Which specific, you did. Which I did. Which and so did. we have 100 female women, female investors. Incredible. Which is so cool. It's so incredible. It's so cool. And it's been such a big part, not only in the success of Chroma, because everyone of, you know, the the people have gotten behind me and and there's some great men too. All of them have been not only champions in helping us tell the world, but I know that I could call upon any one of them if I needed to talk about something or I needed help with something or support with something. 
And that was the vision. I, I was, it was not just like people of influence. It was people that would really stand behind me and want to help us be successful and believed in what we were doing in our mission. And, and that's think, the most valuable in my opinion. But being you know? very clear about that intention is what allowed, because almost none of the people that ended up investing in Chroma, I, I did not know. I didn't know Amy Griffin. Right. I didn't, I didn't personally know right. Gwyneth right. or, you know, Naomi Watts or yep. any of the others that, that got behind me along the way. Candace Nelson, Greg Renfrew, like, Love. you know, I didn't know any All of the these girls. amazing yeah. Best and girls. the fact that they, they got behind me is something I just, I don't, I don't take lightly and I'm always in tremendous gratitude and it's made this fun right? because of course. I, it's just this theme, the power of women coming together is something that I just, I, I am so grateful to be part of that energy and sitting here with you and having this conversation and what we can do together. I, I think Listen, I, I think, you know, and I speak about this a lot because I'm not really shy about the fact that I was not supported by women coming up in my life and in my career, not personally, not professionally. Guys were super nice. Women were not um, yep. as a rule. And, and it was hard. And it was really hard because I would look at women who would pretend to be nice to me and I would just think like, I know you don't want me to win. Like, mm -hmm. I know that you don't, you're not rooting for me at all. And so it was a huge catalyst for why I started climbing in heels because I said, I'm not that girl. I'm actually the opposite. And I have such an incredible appreciation for the women that do support me and the women that do show up for me. And I show up for my friends. And it's the thing that I hear the most from the women in my life is how I show up for them. And I'm like, because I understand that that is literally the most important thing we do as girlfriends or even just new friends, even just anyone saying, Hey, I love what you're doing. Like, I love what you're doing. Let's talk about it. Let's figure out like what's next. Let's figure out how we can work together. Let's figure out how I can promote you. Like, let's figure that out. And you know, I think that we've built such a community of women in so many different businesses, but I think collectively, none of us compete with each other. I think we all just root for each other. And that is a new thing for me in my life. And since I've started in business, since I've started with having funds and things like that, and I think it just makes a huge difference. And to your point, I think like, feeling supported is worth everything, whether it's financially, whether it's emotionally, whether it's personally, whatever that looks like. Because I think as women and working women and single moms and all the things, there are those moments of isolation and feeling alone. And I think when you don't, it's life-changing. <laughs> Beautifully said, Rachel. And I want to also just acknowledge and honor that for you because my experience with you and I think about you and meeting you this summer, you know, really, yeah. um, in the sense, it was so instantaneous with you. And I felt so supported by you. You're like, why am I not part of Chroma? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is awesome. I'm like, and I, you know, and I laugh at myself because I'm like, I said to you, I'm not someone that drinks these things. Like, <laughs> yeah, you were so cute about it. And then, and ever since then, I just always felt so supported. So everything that you're saying, Aww. I've experienced firsthand. And Aww. even though you and I, don't necessarily get, you know, a lot of girl time together. I, I know if I reached out to you 100%. and asked you for Anytime. help or support, or yep. you would totally be there for me. Billion and percent. I really want to honor and acknowledge that Aww. for you. And, and I also want to say, I too did not feel supported by women. Not funny. And, you know, I, I remember going to SMU and I was, I, I was probably super dorky or something, but I didn't make it into sorority. And I remember I bet you were not dorky. I feel like you were definitely not dorky. I think I wasn't, I wasn't a girl's girl mm -hmm. then. I think I hadn't come into my yeah. sense of authenticity and who I am. You didn't and, have your voice yet. Yeah, I didn't have my voice and I didn't have like part Confidence of confidence. is sort of my goofiness. Yeah. My jump rope, right? Yep. Like that's part of the story. <laughs> You know, and laughing a lot. And I didn't know necessarily maybe how to like that became sort of my one of my superpowers is being 
and goofy and, and relatable and, and, and such. So anyway, there was so many points in life. And even in raising money, the, the women who turned me down were all the venture, mm-hmm. the, the women own venture Yep. I talk and about that, this with a lot of women. Yeah. That was brutal. And so it was the the women, the individual angel investors yep. that that really got behind me and believed in me at a time where we weren't we hadn't launched, we hadn't anything. And it gave me the strength and courage. Like, oh, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. They believe in me. Mm-hmm. They know I can do this. Yep. And it just kept feeding it along the way. And it's been a huge part of my fueling me mm-hmm. through the harder times mm-hmm. as well because entrepreneurship as you know is so hard Brutal. i don't care how much how many connections doesn't you matter. have doesn't matter it does not matter this is so <laughs> hard the most famous prominent seemingly successful entrepreneurs i know are crying at home they are they just are it's just the ups the downs the triumphs the, the, yes it's you asked me if I was in LA and I was like, no, I haven't left my house in San Diego for days. And I literally haven't left the house. Right. And I'm here by myself on zoom calls all day. And I'm like, but this is just, you know, and then I'll go to week and I'll be around people again. Yep. But very, it's, it's lonely. And, it and, and yet at the same time, I'm always focused on one, again, the gratitude of what I get to do, the mm-hmm. lives that, that we're changing, um, the impact we're making, um, how I'm growing as a leader, the team and how we're coming together and then the different interactions and, and opportunities that I get to be part of. And so, you should be so proud of I'm the there. product. You should be so proud of the product. And I think, you know, for my listeners, I think anyone who hasn't heard of Chroma, which is funny because almost everyone I've mentioned it to, they're like, oh, Chroma, I love Chroma. Oh my God, Aww. I love, like, that's the kind of the immediate reaction, which is really interesting because it's very new still, in my opinion. And I think typically they're like, Chroma, what's Chroma? Oh, Cro- oh my God, I love Chroma. You know, so it's like, it's so it's cool. it's a great, great thing. And I think, you know, listen, I think wellness, as you know, it's trendy, it's saturated, it's all the things, but I, Chroma really stands out, I think, in a very unique way. And I think, as you said, it's a great gift for yourself, you know? Um, and I look at it, you know, I know there's like cleanses and resets and the whole the whole thing, but I also look at it as you can have Chroma every day. You can have the snacks and you can have the things and, you you know, it, it's, I think you can create Chroma the way, like in a way that it works for you, you know? That's the design of it. I mean, since I've been like with Beaming and with this, you know, cleansing is what we think we want, detoxing, right. like whatever it is, right? And I've always looked at it from more of a place of how can I get back in my body, mm-hmm. feel good, take control, because we all lose control. And mm-hmm. we just come out the holidays right now, mm-hmm. too, right? This is the time. to be enjoyed. And it's and I love food. And, and I love good tequila, wine, or whatever it sure. might be. So about finding a balance for you. But the real transformation happens in the everyday choices. And so... While we have the reset, we're not we're not a cleanse company. We have a really it is truly a reset. Right. It's just really healthy food. You're highly nourished. I don't believe in starvation and deprivation. So no. you it, for most people, it's more food than they can eat. Right. Which is contradictory to cleansing. Better right? though. Better because I think you get men that way too. The men love it. <laughs> it's, obviously it's portable. Can't starve men. You just can't. No, you, you just can't, can't starve men. Oh, by the way, you can customize it and add what you need. So right. if you had a big workout, because I want you to work out, right. I think different than like the other cleanses where you have to shut your life down because you can't think you're grumpy as hell. You're a raving bitch. Oh my you- God. I'm not going to mention names, but I have friends that like, I'll be like, let's meet at dinner. Let's meet at Sunset Tower. And they're like, I can't. I'm not eating. I'm cleansing. <laughs> I'm so hungry. I have a headache. I'm like... Why are you doing this to yourself? Why are we doing this? And I don't believe in that. Especially as parents. Like, what are we teaching our children, especially our daughters? Yeah, of course. And then the other that I really has been a strong principle for me is I really believe, like, especially like, I don't, I want women to realize we don't have to starve ourselves to look and feel good in our bodies. And I think Chroma by just the pure design of it in that there's so much food and it's, yes, it's superfoods and adaptogens and all these healthy things, but it's, it's very, very culinary. Yeah. You know, it's three years making these products with my daughter and formulating with Dr. Will Cole and putting that influence in there. But like, for me, it, it had to be the best of the best so that you crave it and that you want it. 
And I always say I care more about what happens after the reset because sure. the reset is that's the awakening. Right. That's where you get back in your body. You're like, okay, now I feel like me again. Mm-hmm. Wow, I haven't felt good in so long. I didn't deprive myself. My workouts were better than ever. I wasn't a raving bitch. In fact, I slept better. My mind was turned on. And now I have all the favorite products, whether it's the, the beauty matcha or the porridge or the bone broth or the cranberry elixir, which I'm drinking right now, whatever it is, you have them to keep, you know, incorporating every day. Cause that's, that's when we take control of our health. I love the matcha. I and love I love the, the t- with the other one, turmeric. The, the golden milk. Love I love that one. <laughs> love that. Oh my yes. God. It's so Live good. on this. I live so on it because good. I love it and it makes me feel good, but I actually really, really, really love it. And I think that that's how health can be. And I've never looked at it from a, from a place of like a fad or a trend. Right. It really goes back to me being a little girl saying, I want to feel empowered with my health. And my life mission has become helping others do the same. Lisa, I love having you. I love being here. I love, I love having I- you. You're such a badass. I love your energy. I loved meeting you this summer. I was like immediately connected. I felt like I just, I think we hugged. I think it wasn't like a, hey, nice to meet you. It was like a, I think we're supposed to hug because you're so It was the best. It was. (laughs) I mean, I felt, I felt so welcomed by you and it was so fun. Now I, now I feel like I have to, like, I almost think in your next chroma packaging reset, you have to put a, a jump rope. (laughs) I do. I swear. I think you have to do like a chic jump rope with like little golden handles that like that wraps up and be like, this is how I started. This is what, this was my path to my like finding happiness in my body. So like do this with your reset. Okay. I think you and I need to do some masterminding around this. Well, thanks for being on. This was so much fun. I love talking to you. Now you're making me want to go eat the like butter Cookie the, butter? Yeah. Like it's talking so to you, I'm like, wait, should we go have some like oats? Or like- I think I might have a bite of that right now too. So much fun. I love what you're doing. I'm so happy that we can do so many things together. And we're going to, we'll do a lot of cool things. This so year many together. things. I love it. All right. Well, Thank have a beautiful day and let me know when you're coming up to LA and we can have a drink. I'd love that. It's that time in the show when I answer two listener questions. So let's see what we have today. If you're going to be shopping, what is your favorite department store to be in? That's a really good question, actually. It has a really easy answer. Bergdorf Goodman, which I don't know if it qualifies as a department store. It does because it's multi-category and all that, but there's only one. So it used to be Barney's. Rest in peace. Barney's. Before that, it was Jeffrey's. <laughs> Rest in peace, Jeffrey's. <laughs> yeah. So I would say Bergdorf Goodman. I'm not a huge department store person. Certainly when I'm in Europe, I mean, Harrods and like Selfridges are just epically amazing. Europe, you know, certainly London and Paris really know how to do a department store like everything else. Okay. Do you, do your boys bicker more with you or your husband? Oh, with my husband for sure. I rarely, rarely fight. I mean, I think the things I get strong on, like screen time, you know, if they've had too much screen time, too much Fortnite, stuff like that. But other than that, I'm pretty chill with them. But I definitely, I get strong. (laughs) I'd say my voice gets stronger. And Caius definitely doesn't like when my voice gets stronger. But I would say they definitely bicker more with Roger because he has less patience than I do. Okay, don't forget to submit your questions for next week's episode. All you have to do is DM us your questions to at Pod on Instagram, and I might just answer your questions. Thank you so much to Lisa for being on the pod today. Her Chroma products are so good. I'm a huge fan and I'm not shy about the fact that I'm not someone that sort of does a lot of cleanses or resets or drinks green juice or any of that. And I'm obsessed with her products. They're so good. Even if you just want to keep it in your pantry and just like you feel like you want something that feels good and you know, her turmeric lattes, her matcha lattes, like they're so good in the oatmeal 
and the cookie butters. And, you know, anyone who tries them loves them. The presentation of the product is beautiful. She really does the work for you, and it really just feels really good. I'm so inspired by her story. Truthfully, I think, you know, a lot of the women that I've had on Climbing in Heels were raised by single mothers. And I think anyone listening knows that whether you are a single mother, had a single mother, have friends that are single mothers or siblings, it is one of the hardest jobs and incredibly hard and incredibly lonely and incredibly scary very often. And I think the fact that she has started two businesses under pretty tenuous circumstances on very little money, very scary times and being a mom to three kids, you know, it's really a testament, I think, to her work ethic and her ambition. So I've really enjoyed this episode. I'm so inspired by her story and I hope you are too. Try Chroma. It's so good. You will love it. Don't forget to write a review wherever you get your podcasts. I love reading them. And while you're at it, follow me on at Rachel Zoe and at Climbing in Heels Pod on Instagram for more updates on upcoming guests, episodes, and all things Curator. I'll see you next week. Bye.